Hi, David here. This is a bonus Saturday episode of Stories of Our Times. Essentially, it's an act of commiseration. You expected to get away to foreign crimes this year. I expected to get away to foreign crimes this year. And most of us never made it. A special corner of Sicily, one with al fresco dining, lemon granita with your breakfast brioche, and a dip in the pool after siesta, was left untenanted. I was here instead. You were here. And so the word staycation became ubiquitous. All of a sudden, a B&B in Beckles became a top booking, if you could get it. And millions of Brits began to think the unthinkable. That's why one of Britain's biggest outdoorsy outfits, Regatta, reported a 750% increase year-on-year in tent sales. At John Lewis, camping equipment sales were up 243%. Some of you are about to go. Some of you have already been and can tell the first lot what they're about to experience, which is... Well, you'll hear. You're listening to Stories of Our Times and The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm David Aronovich. Today, under canvas in the great British outdoors. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So in my mind, it was going to be what we did for the past two summers, have seven days in a lovely kind of mountain villa type holiday place, and then seven days in an Airbnb by the coast, knocking about, nipping to Benidorm and going to some water parks. And it was all very exciting. And then we didn't. That's Times feature writer and columnist Ben Machel. He and his young family were looking forward to their annual trip to Spain. Yeehaw! So, have you been to Spain before with the children? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're kind of stuck in this loop of completely cowardly holiday bookings of something kind of halfway worked once. So, you just cling to it for their life and do it again and again. This is going to be our third kind of Groundhog Day style Spanish summer holiday. Because the truth is, if you do something that works with small kids, you're very inclined to go back to it, aren't you? But instead of a villa on the Costa Calida, it was an A-frame by the River Stour. I know how to drive from the airport to the place. Like that, that's kind of 90% of the decision. It was like, I know how to drive there now. Anywhere else, I'd have been terrified. And if you were in Spain, what would a typical day have been? <sighs> so they'd have been kind of trying to get sun cream onto some small children. That would have probably taken until about lunchtime. And then we'd have had some food and 
jumped in the swimming pool and drunk some lager and maybe driven to a beach. Just nice, relaxing, kind of Spanishy stuff. Tried to get them to say gracias and stuff like that. And I bet you thought back in March that there was a fair chance you were going to make it, didn't you? We were kind of almost not talking about it because to talk about the possibility of not being able to go because just to, to voice the fact that it may not happen would have been an act of betrayal at that point. Tell me about your family before we go on to how you've been coping with lockdown. What does, what does your family actually consist of? And as far as you can tell us and not be treacherous over the airwaves, what are they like? So I've got a five-year-old son. He's got Thomas. I've got a, a four-year-old daughter. She's got Willow. And my partner, Natalie. And it's the four of us. And they're all very nice. <laughs> We've kind of got to know each other even even better over the past kind of four or five months. We didn't really do that much. We barely left the house for the first couple of weeks. And then when it became too much like sort of dust boot, we sort of had to because we were just sort of sitting around. <laughs> dust boot? Yeah, sweating, looking at each other anxiously. So we, we weren't adventurous at all. No, I wish I could say that we were. We spent a lot of time looking at Google Maps, <laughs> saying, look at this place, that's France. And then sort of zooming in on places. Which? I'm sorry, are you serious? You you brought up Google Street View on, mm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on your computer and showed it to each other as places you could be instead of where you were. I mean, you laugh, but the small children, they kind of want to know really boring things like what did your primary school look like? And you think, well, I can show you where I bust my head open when I was five. Yeah, so that, that was kind of a pressure valve slightly for a bit, but it's not exactly the same as being in France. My memory of having very small children is of continuously trying to find ways of entertaining them. How did you find that yours were coping with lockdown after a few months? So Thomas, my son, was really missing school because at the end of the day, me and Natalie, we were two grown-ups as opposed to sort of 29 five-year-olds, which is what he really wanted us to be. And you sort of can't lock into that way of thinking and behaving in the way that he desperately wanted those kind of imaginary games that he really wanted to play, which after a while you realise there's actually not that much playing and just lots of sort of admin, kind of like you're this, I'm that, we're going to do this. These kind of like endless checklists that five-year-old boys make before they actually get around to playing a game. And, and, and we tried really hard to do this. I, I made lots of cardboard weapons for him. My sort of gift to him was kind of cardboard axes and swords that he could hit me with. And with Willow, she, she was just delighted to be home and have everyone around her. <laughs> kind of, it's just completely different. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There must have been a point at which you began to realize that this holiday in Spain, which you'd put to the back of your mind and possibly just hoped you'd get to, it just wasn't going to happen. Tell me about that. I think in, in, in some ways, just the closure of that was was useful in terms of the kind of the, the grieving process. But yeah, we were definitely stalking around the house as well. Like, you know, we've got to go somewhere. We just have to do something. So you're going a bit stir crazy. And actually it's you as much as the kids, isn't it? Let's be honest. Absolutely. Your holiday to Spain looks as like it's gone for a Burton and then the light bulb goes on in your head. Tell me about how that happened. So I've had a tent, I've had it for years, mainly for music festivals and the occasional camping trip in my 20s. I don't know why, just to kind of prove to myself that I could go camping. And gradually it became this thing that we'd sort of just stick up in the garden, literally just for something to do. And then one night during lockdown, we slept out. We thought, you know, wouldn't it be fun to do? It was fun-ish, I guess. So then the seed was planted. And I guess coupled with this, there's something about camping that feels like you've got maybe more autonomy because it's kind of, I mean, obviously you have to go to a campsite and book it and stuff. It's it's complete fiction. But in your mind, it taps into this world as your oyster. I'm a nomad type thing. So maybe there was a particular kind of alert to that. Had you been camping as a kid yourself? I was in scouts, every level of scouts, from beavers to cubs to scouts to venture scout. It was kind of my thing, I suppose. With a lot of scouting comes a lot of camping. It's what you sign up for. And I really enjoyed it without kind of getting too too misty-eyed. You start something young and then you've got all this group of mates and you grow up with them, I guess. So there's a lot of time spent just in woods with knives and playing with fire and all the good stuff, I suppose. I'm going to fess up to something here. When I was a kid, I went to something called forest school camps two or three times a year. And I learned all a lot of this stuff as well. I could light a fire, no problem at all put up tents in a gale and all this kind of thing. And part of it suggests to you as an adult, doesn't it, I can do all this again. I can just kind of pick it all up and I'm a kind of real sort of outdoors type guy. Did you have that vibe going on or were you more sceptical of your own experience? Oh, no, no, massively. Like, there was like no doubt in my mind and in my children's mind because I kind of just told them that I was basically like Aragorn to their kind of hobbits and that if we went into the wilds everything would be totally fine because like a long time ago I was uh, in scouts <laughs> and the truth is I, I, I had not kept my hand in since um, leaving Venture Scouts as, a, as an 18 year old so I was definitely living off past glories. Okay so you're going to go camping so you decide not to go glamping you don't do the kind of big glamour thing take me through the outfitting 
to go on the expedition. Presumably you had a couple of old tents, you've been scouting before, you didn't need any extra stuff. Am I right or am I wrong? No, I'd love to say you're right. <laughs> I'd love to say you're right. We needed so much stuff. And I think this was the point at which it started to dawn on me, the scale of what we're about to sort of set out on, because you just, at the risk of stating the obvious, you, you do just have to bring absolutely everything, not everything that you, that you need, but everything that you may possibly need as well. So we had two pretty rubbish tents we had some kind of sleepover style sleeping bags, which was fine. But then we had to kind of order a load of air mattresses, a camping gas stove and a kettle. And I had to dig out this kind of old sort of halogen battery powered lamp because obviously it's going to get dark. And you had to kind of get a first aid kit. I'm sure there'll be lots of people who come regularly who are like, duh, like, yeah, that's obviously you have to do that. But to me, I was like, oh, yeah you have to take everything and we did start to spend quite a lot of money in the run-up to this on what was meant to be a sort of get up and go experience and i did sort of try and explain to natalie like look you know this this is fine because the next time we go we've, we've got it we've got it now so if we go camping 15 times a year every year for the next 20 years it's fine the stuff that we didn't get that i kind of kick myself about now like chairs camping chairs my god like, why didn't I think, like, you might want to sit down at some point? I don't know what I did when I was in Scouts. I think I just stood up. <laughs> I think you probably sit on logs and stuff like that, don't you, when you're... Yeah, uh, not comfortable, when, though. When you're a Scout, somebody's... No. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you can <laughs> you can whittle a nice seat on a log. You know, yeah, only take you Only take you a year. I wish I had a knife. That's the other thing. Like, I didn't actually need a knife. I just really wish I had one. Something sort of totemic, just to sort of reassure myself that I belonged on the campsite. What was the daftest thing you found yourself buying? You didn't buy chairs, which you could have done, but what did you buy that you shouldn't have done? Okay, so that's a good question. Really sort of stupid stuff. I mean, I bought loads of lager, <laughs> like far, far more lager than I was ever going to drink. But you just think, you never know, it could be kind of like a sort of carnival atmosphere on this campsite, which it, it wasn't. I think I bought loads of extra bedding just to make it really cosy. And then you realise like at 4am when the, the sun's just kind of like drilling into your face and there's pigeons kind of like landing on the roof of your tent waking you up and it's so hot that you just don't need to be cosy. Where did you go? So we went to a lovely place just outside of Colchester and on the banks of the river Stour, there was a place where you could hire canoes for the day in life jackets. And there was like a two little jetties that you could jump off. And there were people there in massive tents. I mean, we had the smallest tents by some distance on that campsite. Like we looked like we were kind of transient people compared to like these kind of committed camping families who have these really big tents or camper vans and fairy lights people have fairy lights which to me kind of punctured the idea that we were sort of behind enemy lines <laughs> some of these people were absolutely kitted out there was one family who had a, an inflatable city and it's kind of like that's just showboating you don't need it like why i mean i understand it, it looked really comfortable and they look really happy but it wasn't what I'd kind of had in mind, I suppose. It's like, if you like sitting on a settee, haven't you just been doing that all summer anyway? But then we were sat on the ground, so I was probably just sort of bitter. 
An inflatable settee is not really back to nature, is it? No, I mean, another family had a camper van and then they had like a separate bar section, like a sort of like a tiki bar with them. Um, and they had like optics. It was like this sort of Club Tropicana video. You sort of realise you're at the very, very, very bottom of this camping food chain and that there were some real big beasts about with their um, eight-man tents. And, and what were these people like? They looked really comfortable. They looked really happy. They looked like they having a really nice time. They just seemed like they knew what they were doing and that this was kind of like their thing. These are like neat people, you know, very neat and ordered with lots of bits and pieces of kit. And you could tell that everything had its place, that sitting down on your nice chairs outside your kind of really big, kind of perfectly erected tent and sort of drinking a cup of tea that they'd made on this fancy stove was like like that was the end it wasn't like oh i'm just gonna have a cup of tea it's like this process is important and the fact that we have all this stuff and we're doing it in the right way they could have just probably just made endless cups of tea and sat down in their chairs all weekend and been like that was brilliant and i can't wait to do it again were you invited to socialize in the evening were you invited to partake of the optics no no scoping out the kind of I suppose the social do's and don'ts was quite interesting because having never been on one of these campsites with, with my family, I didn't really know how things go down there. Do you sort of chat these people or because it's all so open, do you actually have to make more of an effort to really kind of not pay attention to the fact that people are kind of having a bit of an argument with their wife or the kids are getting a telling off? Like, how do you play it? It's not clear. So we kind of kept ourselves to ourselves but then everyone else sort of seems to be doing that too so everybody's kind of pretending that everybody else isn't really quite there yeah which you think living in london they'd be used to that but it, it was sort of different because they were just right there and you could hear them okay let's let's zero in on some of the and some of the obvious camping problems and you can take us through them washing toilets laundry Okay, so washing, partly because of lockdown, this probably this actually probably did help. I just wasn't washing that much anyway. So the camping, sort of two nights of camping, didn't really change my sort of wash patterns anyway. In fact, they probably increased them because I, I jumped in the river a couple of times. So that was fine. Toilet, there was a wash block, a socially distanced kind of wash block with lots of hand gel and instructions to shut the toilet lid before you flush i think camping people like these kinds of orders and instructions so i felt very kind of comfortable and what was the other one laundry laundry yeah same thing i mean like our clothes got wet oh yeah i forgot to bring swimming trunks i didn't bring any swimming trunks which for campsite like on the on the river with canoeing and on the website there's pictures of people swimming i should have thought to bring, bring some swimming trunks so i had to swim in my pants and then yeah i did end up drying them on the car on our car's wing mirror which was bad luck on reflection i should have done that it looked too post-apocalyptic you know it, it, I, I should have kind of it created some sort of wash line you think that after the apocalypse we're going to be drying our pants on the car wing mirror possibly <laughs> Possibly, it depends. It depends if the electricity is cut off and you can't... We've got a tumble dryer, but after the apocalypse, who knows? One of the things that you wrote about was the experience of waking up 
on a July morning in a tent. And instead of feeling that you're communing with nature, feeling, above all, incredibly sweaty. I think if I had a better tent, and this is how camping gets you, because a dark green dome in which you're sleeping in and a child in sleeping bags is just going to get hot. Like, it got so hot. <laughs> it got so hot. And you wake up so early in the morning. As you say, you kind of want to feel like you're waking up in some spring grade or something, but you just it's like a sauna. And that was one thing that makes me think I, I, I need to get a bigger, better, cooler tent. But again, this is just the, 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 the way that camping and the equipment and the gear, the sort of the siren song of all this other stuff, you think you can spend your way to like a comfortable camping experience you probably can but it's going to cost you so much money i got back i was on the internet looking at tents looking at other stuff thinking never again will i wake up hot and sweaty if we buy this eight person blackout tent with sort of built-in fans and stuff and it just costs so much money (laughs) it just costs so much money that's interesting because all that suggests that you fully intend to do it again no no definitely it would feel like a defeat it'd feel like it had been a mistake and i just think whenever you make a mistake in life, you have to just keep doing it until you convince yourself that it's not. (laughs) You sort of have to double down infinitely (laughs) until all you do is go camping every weekend because you hate camping. (laughs) And it's the way you prove to yourself that it's actually all fine and that your life is is, is worth living. So I'm just going to keep doing it until it becomes good. Maybe I can just spend my way out of those problems and we'll do it again, and we'll be like one of those families with the big tents and the drinking endless cups of tea in folding chairs. And what did Natalie think? I think she thought that the, the children had a good time, which was the main thing. It was good. No, I, th- I think she enjoyed it, but I also think there's, she's going to be sort of checking the joint account to make sure that I'm not kind of splurging on the Blacks website or other camping supply shops. Did you get your magical moment communing with nature did you have a half hour under the stars there was a point on the second night when everyone apart from me just passed out in our tents we did have a fire that was really nice having a fire was probably 50 percent of the fun because i don't care what anyone says like making fires and putting things on fires and just staring into flames is fun and the cool thing to do and i was by myself by the fire at night yeah, you were kind of by a fire underneath a kind of big starry sky, as our forefathers surely once were. I had quite a few cans of lager that I was determined to finish off to just have I haven't taken them in the first place. It, it was certainly a moment. You kind of look around you and it's very quiet and peaceful. And you do sort of have this sense of you are certainly not the first person to have sat by a fire under the stars thousands of years ago. People, people did similar things and maybe had sort of similar similar thoughts it was lovely yeah that was nice you went for a a couple of nights would you have gone for two weeks no (laughs) no (laughs) no no i don't think i could have done two weeks with the stuff we had there because it's just too tiring like you're not really getting proper sleep and it's sort of sustainable for like a couple of nights but if I could get the big tents and then I could get the folding chairs and the, an inflatable settee and the, some fairy lights, then possibly. But I think sort of three days, two nights was, was, was perfect. Can I put something to you based on this? 
Yeah. Can I put to you my suspicion that you'll be back in Spain next year? Oh, yeah, yeah, if, if not earlier. <laughs> if we can see what we can sort out. Yeah, I think we'll try and keep our oar in the campaign. Thomas is signed up to start Beavers in October. So he will be starting the same scouting journey that I went on, uh, hopefully. And in 24 years, he'll be taking his kids for a camping holiday down by the River Stour. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the whole point. It's a cycle, isn't it? It's the, it's the circle of life. you got to inflict these things. And I'm sure my dad did the same, same with me. In fact, I know he did. So <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm just making sure it does. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, David Aronovich, and my guest, Times feature writer and columnist Ben Rachel. You'll read more of Ben's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producers were Asia Fuchs and Brenna Daldorf. Executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Volcom Kiseltug. Music by Breakmaster Cylinder and Ketzer. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast. And now we're available on the Times Radio app, along with all the other podcasts from the Times. To download the app, search for Times Radio on your app store. Also, in these uncertain times, you can keep up to date and well-informed on the coronavirus and so much more every day with a digital subscription to the Times and the Sunday Times. Visit thetimes.co.uk slash subscribe today to find out more. See you again soon and happy camping. Happy camping.